My name is Avin Singh, and I'm recording live from Toronto. Welcome to my podcast. COVID has certainly created isolation and division. Isolation from seeing family and friends. Isolation from working. From going to church. Isolation from one sense of purpose. COVID has brought a lot of pain and suffering to many people. Whereas for some, their lives continue how it was before. If you have not felt this pain or suffering, you probably do not know what it feels like to be isolated or divided. Black people in today's world have felt and still feel the same pain and suffering from being isolated and ostracized in today's society. In Brother, Notes of a Native Son, and the 13th, these problems are illustrated through themes such as search for self, the tension between white and black, feeling out of place geographically, as well as in your body, are explored. So now, let's dive into the podcast. Baldwin's writings and his essays, everybody's protest novel and many thousands gone, bring up these similar themes. He begins his work by talking about Uncle Tom's Cabin and how it fails the black experience. Uncle Tom's Cabin inaccurately portrayed the black identity and what it feels like to be a black person in society. Baldwin talks about how black people are mirrors of our confusion, dishonesty, panic, trapped and immobilized in the prison of the American dream. The same sentiment is echoed in Cherry Andy's brother. This is exemplified through the imagery of Francis and Michael looking at the reflection of the glass on a newspaper box while looking for the latest news on terror. I peered at Francis into a newspaper box to read a headline about the latest terror and caught in the glass reflection of our faces. The two teens realize how their identity as black people is typecast as criminals. In another part of the novel, six police in bulky vests show up at Desiree's barbershop just because there are black people hanging out. The police claim that a neighbor smelled pot and that they were searching for drugs. The police assumed that because they were black, they were engaged in criminal activity. Cherry Andy characterizes black people perceiving themselves as being judged to be criminals. Even to this day, black people, just because of the color of their skin, continue to be stereotyped as hardened criminals. This chasm between blacks and whites, the police and black men, the powerful and powerless, has resulted in the rise of movements such as Black Lives Matter. Do you know what it feels like to be pressed up against the wall and unable to fight back? Do you know what it feels like to be bullied and unable to complain about it because of sheer dominance someone has over you? For example, Ruth, Francis, and Michael must have felt this when they were subjected to the bullying by the three white kids who told them to leave the Eden Center because they did not belong there. Power and powerlessness go hand in hand. The three white kids t- that told Ruth and the boys to leave the Eden Center must have felt empowered to do so, whereas Ruth's uh, acquiescence to leave shows her belief that they are powerless. A further example of a psychological bullying is illustrated by the condescending and belittling manner with which the three bouncers treated Francis and Jelly when they showed up to the edition at the X. They were laughed at and jeered by the bouncers when they told the bouncers that they were there for an audition. While not justifiable, Francis, out of frustration, retaliated by punching one of the bouncers in the nose. It was an uneven match to begin with. Three bouncers against two kids? The overwhelming power of the three bouncers quickly subdued the two kids. Jelly was restrained and watched in agony while two bouncers kept kicking Francis in his face and stomach and then standing on his fingers. The bouncers were determined to inflict pain, and so they did. We have seen this on TV and in the 13th documentary and heard many examples of cops wielding enormous power equipped with guns, tasers, batons, arresting innocent black men that more often than not turn up dead.
the sheer abuse of power against black has become a hot topic of debate. The narrative structured brother is broken and nonlinear, going back and forth through time throughout the novel. At the start of the book, it begins in a park when Aisha visits Michael after Francis' death. However, the other central plot is the time spanning the shooting of Anton to the period following Francis' passing. The narrative moves back and forth between these two moments, separated by numerous other memories of Michael's childhood. The fragmented and nonlinear structure of the novel, in essence, captures the story of the black experience in our society characterized by a broken past, displacement from their homeland, lost and fading memories often transformed into figments of an imaginative once better life, whatever that may have been. Displacement from their homeland with their consciousness facilitating between memories of their past and the reality of their present, culminating in the demeaning vicissitudes they now face. In Brother, Jelly is described as thin and dark, with a patch of onion brown on his temple shaped, somehow like a forgotten continent. The temple signifies the place where one's memories and thoughts reside. The mark on Jelly's temple represents the lost continent, and may be interpreted to mean the that the black people were displaced from Africa, and that their past was stolen against their will. Similarly, Baldwin believes that African Americans had their past and freedom taken away from them, making it difficult to tell their story in one chronolo chronological sequence without going back and forth between their past and present. With boundless faith and hope, Ruth yearns for acceptance into society and for this new place to be a better home for her family. Referring to the little moths in the rue, she says, You'd think they were just little bits of paper tossing and turning in the wind, as if someone took an old book and ripped it to bits and threw them up in the wind. Letters gone missing from each other, a scattered and wasted alphabet, without meaning at all. Cup your hand and feel a proof of them against you. They are not trash, they are living things, and they are flying. Rue tries to instill in her children a sense of pride and self-worth and make them feel better about themselves and not feel displaced from society. She implies that all living creatures should be treated with dignity and freedom, regardless of their appearance. Cherry, Andy, and Baldwin both tackle the vital and challenging subject of racial inequality and racial injustice in our society. Black people have struggled for decades to be accepted in society and be treated like human beings with respect, dignity, feelings, and emotions. We have witnessed our struggles through the lens of high-minded individuals like Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and the fight for their civil rights. We have seen what we believe to be a significant process, but as time marches on, we witness events that remind us of how much more needs to be done. The wrongful death of George Floyd is only a representation of the fear and oppression black people feel. Every wrongful death of a black man at the hands of the police makes us feel nothing has changed. This cannot be clear when we think that slavery was abolished in 1865 in the USA, and only yesterday, some 165 years later, President Biden signed a bill into law that declared June 19 as a recognition of the abolition of slavery. Would you believe that 14 white Republican congressmen voted against the bill? In the words of the French philosopher Jean-Baptiste Carr, plus ça change, plus ça la même chose, the more times change, the more they seem to remain the same. I'm Avin Singh, and thank you for listening.